Welcome to the show, Be Convinced, where I share life-changing stories of hope with you so that you can get a big dose of hope in just 30 minutes. I'm your host, Soraya diassi Kofelt. I'm an Ivy League-educated lawyer, a former judge, small business owner, children's author, wife, and mother who's passionate about helping to improve your life and convincing you that there is indeed hope for a better future for ourselves and our children. Because of my diverse education and life experiences, I'm able to bring to you a wide variety of guests, from children to millennials to senior citizens, all of whom share their heartfelt, life-changing stories of hope to inspire and motivate you. Each story is told by ordinary people, just like you and me, who went through different challenges in their lives and have been able to overcome them. In each story, we share thought-provoking concepts, some of which you may be able to incorporate into your own life, as well as resources for you to consider, all to inspire and motivate you to be more hopeful. Mother Teresa once said that one person alone cannot change the world, but one person can cast a stone across the water to create many ripples. I would like my podcast to do just that, create many ripples through many lives, including yours, as we hope for and achieve better. Please subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast platform. It's easy. Just click a button and it's free and you'll get all my new episodes to keep you encouraged and filled with hope. This is episode 134. My guest is author John Jarman, who's passionate about helping you break free from your guilt and shame and fully understand the love of God and the redemption available to you. During his childhood, John suffered from a lot of violence in his home, especially from his father, who was an alcoholic. As a result, in his teenage years, he was filled with anger and began getting involved with drugs. In high school, he flunked English, and it was only later in life that he discovered he suffers from dyslexia. He knew the only way out of this downward spiral was to join the military and enlisted in the U.S. Marines. After honorably serving his country, he attended college and eventually earned a bachelor's and then a master's degree. He went on a long journey over many years, discovering himself and overcoming his deepest personal challenges with the help of a Christian counselor and mentor. He was able to finally break free and wrote his book to help others. It is titled Broken and Redeemed, Finding Freedom Through Complete Surrender. John's story is filled with hope, the hope that only God can bring to your life. Please stay tuned. My passion has always been to spread the love of books and promote the importance of literacy in a child's life. My passion inspired me to write a series of five faith-based children's books about our favorite holidays from a Christian's perspective, Easter, Fourth of July, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. My books are filled with colorful illustrations and lots of humor because children love to laugh. All proceeds from book sales go to the Nonprofit Foundation as the Stars of the Sky Foundation to help promote literacy. To purchase my books, please visit asastarsofthesky.org or your favorite online bookseller. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us again in another edition of Be Convinced, where we share life-changing stories of hope. And as you know, my guest today is John Jarman, and I'm so excited about having John with us. He's an author. His book is titled Broken and Redeemed, Finding Freedom Through Complete Surrender. 
And he's a Morgan James author, a fellow Morgan James author. As many of you know, I'm a children's author and my publisher is also Morgan James. So it's wonderful to have John here. We're going to be talking about being broken and redeemed. And I think that's such an excellent title. As you listen to what he has to say, I think you'll agree. The quote that we have from John to start off the podcast with is the following. Guilt and rebellion are two things that will block your faith and growth. We must face our past in order to reach our future. So thank you, John. Welcome. And thanks for having me. I'm I'm honored to be on your show. So, and as a fellow author with Morgan James, it's a privilege. So I'm so happy to have you and your whole story is about being broken and redeemed. So it's a fascinating story that you have filled with hope. And I wanted to start off, you have such a varied background. You actually enlisted in the Marines. Yes. Tell us all about your background. Well, I, you know, I grew up in a, it wasn't a Christian home or anything. And, you know, I had a lot of trouble in my childhood. It was a violent childhood. My dad was an abusive alcoholic. And, you know, as I grew up after he had left, I dabbled in the drug world because that's the only way I could survive and not condoning that. It's, it's something I just did for survival. And then 1987, I was at a party and I just went, there's got to be more to life than this. And I walked out of the party and two days later, I went into a Marine recruiting office and I said, how fast can I get out of here? He asked if I committed a crime. And I said, yes, I've never been caught. And so we talked about all the stuff I'd done. And two months later, I was in San Diego starting my Marine Corps career. And so it was something that probably saved my life because if I'd have stayed where I was, who knows what would have happened. How old were you at that time? I was 23. So it was I was a little older. And so the boot camp was tough. It's a more of a mental thing, you know, when you're going through boot camp and, you know, once you understand you know, I mean, they're teaching you how to survive in combat, so it's going to be tough. Um, and so once you understand that, it's pretty. it wasn't too bad to get through that. And I served four and a half years in the Marine Corps, got out right after Desert Storm, and then I enrolled at Ohio University, went in to get a PE degree because I wanted to coach and help kids not go down the path I went down. And uh, so I started my coaching career as I was in my undergrad studies. And then I was able to stay at Ohio University as a grad assistant with the football team and and get my master's degree in physical education. So yes, and you're really into fitness. Yeah, I've been doing it a long time. (laughs) It's been part of my life. As I coached, I had a training program for all my kids, obviously. And then when I decided to get out of coaching, I still wanted to use my degree. So I looked at the personal training industry. And that's where I've ended up. And I've been in that industry since 2007. Uh, I currently run a fitness center at a beautiful golf course, and uh, it's just a little bit outside of Tacoma, Washington, and it's just been a blessing. So, Yeah, so I wanted to take you back to you growing up. You mm-hmm. actually, despite all your degrees, you actually flunked English. Yep. <laughs> yeah, in, in high school, I, I really wasn't the best student in high school, and it was probably more because I didn't care about school at the time, yeah. rather than having the ability to do it. But, you know, I found out as I started college that I had dyslexia, and it wasn't yeah. identified when I was in high school. So I think that was part of the problem. I did enough to stay eligible to play football, because back then we just had to pass I think six classes out of the seven. And, you know, I just did it barely enough to pass. And, you know, I'm not proud of that, but it just, uh, you know, I was able to graduate and, you know, overcome that a few years later. So. Yeah. So there were a couple of turning points in your life. One was when you started counseling 
Christian counselor. So tell us about how old you were, because this will lead up to why you wrote the book. I moved back home in 2005. About 2007 is when I saw self-destructive behavior start to happen again. And so I was like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I, I like the career I had and everything. And so I sought out counseling and um, by the grace of God, I found Christina Holland, who I worked with on and off for about 10 years. And then during the time I was working with her, I met Scotty Kessler, who was my spiritual mentor. And so the two of them are the reason why my faith is where it is today and and why the book exists. And it was a, you know, it was a blessing, you know, looking back on it now with the faith that I have, you know, you can see God's hands in my life. And even though I didn't know who God was. So, yes. Yes. And the quote that you gave me about guilt and rebellion, mm-hmm. is that what you found in your life? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, the rebellion of having grown up fatherless and then the guilt of some of the stuff that I did, the transgressions that I, you know, committed, the people I hurt, you know, because I can't sit here and say I didn't hurt some people and, you know, seeking the forgiveness, you know, and and that's why you have to look at that past in order to go, you know, into your future with God, because you have to humble yourself and you have to be vulnerable and you have to do that self-examination. And I think those are the keys to increasing your faith. Yes. And tell us about Scotty Kessler. Who is he and why did you seek help from him? Scotty is a men's disciple leader. He's probably discipled at least a thousand young men in the Pacific Northwest area. And he was at my church and he was leading the prayer ministry, but he also did some work in deliverance ministry as well. And so, you know, we had, I had some dark things happened when I was with Christine. And so I sought out Scotty and Scotty worked with me through prayer plans and, you know, daily meetings and scripture readings and studying with him. And I was able to work through the strongholds that I had. It wasn't easy. It took a couple of years. That's what freed me and, you know, caused me to want a deeper knowledge of the word, which led to seminary school. And so. And you are right now still working on a master's theology degree. Yes. Yep. And where are you attending? Uh, Faith Seminary here in Tacoma. So Yes. And tell us about why you wrote the book. Well, it's really interesting because you have challenges with dyslexia. You flunked English. You've grappled with guilt and rebellion, but you've had these wonderful Christian counselors and mentors. And then what made you write the book? Well, it was actually Christina put the planted the seed in 2014. She said I should write a book. And, you know, I kind of laughed at her because... You know, I didn't think my story was that unique. So I shared that the fact that, you know, she told me to do that with a few of my friends and they're like, yeah, John, you need to write a book. And I was like, okay, where do I start? You know, I'm a Marine, I'm a football coach, I'm a dyslexic. And I'm like, how am I going to write a book? And so I sought out a young lady who was at the church life center here in Tacoma. And uh, she helped me outlined the book with the chapters and I started writing it. I got to the fifth chapter and then I just really didn't know where to go. And I believe it's because I was not where I needed to be in my faith. And that's why that book sat there. It wasn't until February of 2021 is when the Holy Spirit one morning kicked me in the seat of the pants to finish the book. And how that happened is in my Bible reading that morning, I came across Hebrews 1036, which says, when you're doing the will of God, you must persevere to get what he promised. And then a little bit later, as I was doing my cardio in my workout, I read a lot of books and I listen to worship music as I do that. Uh, I was reading in AJ Swoboda's very first book. It's called Messy. And he's talking about the will of God. And he said, no one told him if anybody would read his book or buy his book, he just had to write it. 
And when I had those two things happen, I went, I just looked up at the sky and I said, okay, I get the message. I need to finish the book. And this was in 2021. And so I made a commitment to write for two hours a day. And the book was done in four weeks. Worked with Scotty. He connected me to my editor because I needed that with the dyslexia. And the first time I submitted it to Arlen, I said, there's three things you got to know before you read this. I have dyslexia. I'm a Marine and I'm not a writer. And she said, John, she said, John, you're an author. I'll make you a writer. And And so the editor's name was uh, Arlen Lawrence. And she's right up here in in the Northwest. And she also is a scout for Morgan James. And that's how I got in touch with Morgan James, because as we were doing the editing process, she goes, John, we need to submit this. They're going to take this. And I said, okay. And so September of that year, I was accepted into the family of authors. And by March of the following year, I had my first copies of the book. And it was just, it was amazing journey because I don't think that would have happened that quickly. And that easily without God's involvement. And I think his involvement was because of my obedience, listening to him and, and finishing the book. So, Yes. And I just wanted to encourage uh, those people out. You said you started the book and how long did it sit on the shelf? From 2014 till 2021. Wow. So seven yeah. years. Yep. Yeah. It's funny because people will ask me how long did it take you to write the book? And I'm like, well, I started in 2014. So almost 10 <laughs> years, you know, and they're like, did you work on it the whole time? And I said, no, you know, so. Yes. Yes. And that often happens. Yeah. Uh, we start a book or we start a project and then we don't finish it. And then we yep. get that prompting until uh, we feel we're released to actually finish it. So Think- happy that you did. Yeah. And I, I think it was where I needed to be in my faith. Yes. It was the right time. And and because the way the book just flowed out of me as I wrote, it was amazing to just see the product after it was done. And to look back on it, sometimes I would go, I didn't remember writing, you know, s- segments of it, you know, that just, it was just a spiritual dump. So yes, yeah. yes. That, yeah. And uh, tell us what the book is about. Again, the title is Broken and Redeemed, Finding Freedom Through Complete Surrender. It's basically my life story and how I grew up and how I overcame the trauma and, and through counseling and spiritual mentoring and and just deepening my faith and understanding the word of God and spending, you know, part of it is what Scotty really taught me is the importance of daily prayer and reading because in order to combat the attacks you get by the devil, you have to know the word and you have to understand what God says in the word. And then, you know, you have to have that prayer with him. And, you know, I tell people a lot, you know, because they go, I don't know how to pray. And I said, prayer is conversation. You know, God knows what we're going to say before we say it, but he still wants us to say it. And just tell him how you're feeling. Tell him what you want. Tell him, you know, that you're sad. Tell him you're happy. Whatever you want to do. It's just like talking to your wife or husband. And, you know, you got to have that two-way street with him. And it's amazing when you get to that certain point, when you give up control, is how you start to see things differently and how you start to understand the word differently. And it just opens it up a a different world. So, Yes, certainly. And when you wrote the book, were you writing it for a target audience? No, I just wrote. I mean, I didn't have anybody in mind. I guess what I had in mind is I hope the book helps somebody who's just coming to Christ or somebody who has faith, it deepens their faith to to where I am, you know? And so that was the idea of the book, because at the end of every chapter, I have reflection questions in the at the chapter so that you can look back and you don't have to do them as you read, because a lot of people go, the book's so good, I just wanted to read it. And so I said, you know, 
you can go back and do them at any time. I really encourage people to do that because it's going to force you to go to that self-examination and it's going to, you know, make you look at where your faith is and it's going to strengthen your faith. So, you know, I encourage you to do the questions if you read the book. Yes. And you were telling me when we spoke in preparation for this podcast recording about one of the chapters that really was a culmination. Tell us about that. Chapter 14, the one you're yeah, talking about. 14. Yeah. So, so as we were doing the editing, Arlene felt that we needed to have something between the last chapter, which is Dear Younger Me, and then the previous chapter. And, and I was like, well, what do you want to do? And she goes, I wanted to interview you about how you gave up control and then how you would tell somebody else to do that. And so we did about an hour, 15 minute interview. And then the next day when I was doing my cardio, I started getting these prompts. And so I texted Arlen, I said, send me the raw notes. And so she sent me the notes and I started to formulate this and I sent it back to her in about three days. And she goes, this is perfect. We just need to, you know, clean it up a little bit. Yes, and yes. so that's the 14th chapter and the, it's entitled, wow, I just, my brain went dead. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, surrendering control. So that's the title. Control. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's how that came place. And it, and it really gelled the book together. The last chapter, Dear Younger Me is a Mercy Me song from an yes. album that they released in 2015. And that song really spoke to me when I listened to it. And so I wanted to understand what made Bart, the lead singer, write the song. And by the grace of God, I had the ability to meet him when they played in Pier in the Northwest in 2015. Yes. Yes. And he gave me permission and we shared testimony. And if you've seen the movie, I can only imagine. Okay. Bart and I grew up a lot alike. And so I asked him, I said, what inspired you to write this song? And he said, well, my counselor told me to write a song to my son as if I was writing a, a letter to my younger self. And I said, well, that's awesome. My counselor told me to write a book. I want to use your book in my song. Can I have yeah. your permission? And he said, yes. And so he said one condition, he wanted a copy of the book. And I sent the when the book was done, I sent a copy to his agent. So, you know, I hope he's got it. And Bart, if you're listening, I'd love to know what you think of the book. <laughs> so. Yes. <laughs> you took a very uh, traumatic childhood. You mentioned that your father was an alcoholic and he mm -hmm. was he was physically abusive too. Yeah. To your mother and you It could have been the rest of us. I only recall children. one time where my dad actually hit me, but there could have been more. My counselor thinks that that's the case because I don't have a lot of memory up until age 12. And so probably a blessing that I don't remember. Yeah. But you know, I grew up in violence. That's all I saw. Yes. So so. Yes, yes. And then you were, were really able to turn your life around. And it's it's just so wonderful to see what you're doing and uh, how now you, you're you using your book to minister to others. To have in your church as well. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm active at the church. I'm actually working with the mayor of Puyallup right now on doing a three-day crusade at the Puyallup Fair where it's going to be a three days of praise and worship and stuff like that. So that's going to be a pretty big event. So Yes. Are you very uh, strong working with men? I'm sorry. Are you very in, into and strong with working with men? Most of the people I work with are men, you know, and I have one yes. young lady I disciple because she's a she's she was a couple of years behind me in high school and she found the book about 8 months ago and she direct messaged me after she read the book and told me that the book basically saved her life because she was contemplating suicide. And so, you know, I kind of touched bases with her. I put her on a, you know, a reading plan and a prayer plan to get her started. And now I just kind of check in, make sure she's, and she's going to church and still reading and praying every day. And so that's been a great, that's been a blessing. So. 
Yes, my husband has been very involved in small men's groups at his church, and yeah. he's explained to me uh, his church set it up where there's a three-year commitment in small men's groups because it takes men a really long time to open up. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they're into the second year of group meetings right. once a week until they open up and share what has yeah. happened. Well, and, and that's, Have you that's found what... the same thing? Yeah, and I always tell people when I do podcasts is, you know, the, the hardest thing for men is to let down their pride and, the, and become yes. vulnerable because we're supposed to be strong. I get it. You know, we're supposed to be the, you know, the dominant people and blah, blah, blah. And look at me. I was a football player, football coach, a Marine, pride and arrogant, you know, you know, whatever you want to call it. But I had to let that go because yes. it kept everything, kept me from reaching where I am now. And vulnerability part is what Christine worked with me a lot on. And, you know, finally to reach that and, and to be able to share, you know, what I went through because I never let anybody in. And yes. and that takes a lot for men, especially if they've been survivors of trauma. Yes. It takes them even more because they're ashamed and they don't want to let people know what took place because then they seem weak. Yes. But as I tell people, the surrendering part of your faith, once you give up everything, the strength that you have is amazing. <laughs> you know, Paul yes. said it best, when I am weak, I am strong. You yeah. know, it's so true because in my early walk, I would read the Bible and I'd see weakness and meekness and I'd be like, I can't do that. I'm not, yes. you know, I laugh at it now when I look back on it because it's just, it's like you knucklehead, you should have, <laughs> you know. So, but, and that's what I'd encourage the men who are listening, you know, let that pride go, you know, humble yourself, find somebody that you can trust, obviously, you know, share with them and let it out because it's going to open up your heart and it's going to soften your heart and you're going to have a different world. So, yes. And your book is titled Broken and Redeemed. We've talked a lot about brokenness. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the redeemed part. It's such a beautiful aspect of the relationship with God, how we are redeemed. Tell us about that. In your yeah. Life. You know, the redemption part is what he did for us on the cross. And it's okay. to open that relationship back up to the relationship that God intended in the garden. Yes. So, you know, and having that and then letting him guide your path is even better because I use this as an example. During COVID, I lost my gym. So I had a small training facility. At the time, I was just like, you know what? It's all in your hands. You're going to get us out of this because we had to negotiate a buyout on our lease. We had to sell the equipment. We had to do a bunch of stuff. I had people I had to pay off debts to and everything. And I just said, you know what? It's in your hands, God. And yes. I didn't worry about anything. Yes. And it just, everything just started falling in place. We sold the equipment within about a month and a half. And then we're doing all this. And I had one of my initial investors call me and he said, John, you don't have to repay my debt. You don't have to repay the debt. And I'm just like, what? And he goes, yeah, he yes. goes, he goes, you know, it was investment. We, I'm okay with it because he's very wealthy and he doesn't, you know, and I'm not going to say he doesn't need the money, but it was gracious. And, you know, I think it was, you know, maybe God prompted him to do that because I wasn't even thinking yes. about him. Yes, and those are the things when you see God move in your life like that, it's easier to have that faith, you know, and I'm not saying I still don't have some valleys because there's times, you know, when I have doubt still and everything, but I know how to pray through that now. Yes. And it's easier yes. to do because you know that there's another side to it. And yes. what you're going through might be God going, okay, I'm doing this to get one last thing out of you so you can do the next thing I want you to do. Yes. Now that I understand that, my life is a lot different because I see the world differently now. And that's yes. the part of redemption is you, your heart changes, your mind changes, and your vision changes. So, Yes, very beautifully said. That is so <clears throat> true. Your website is brokenandredeemed.com. So when a visitor goes to your website, what will they find? 
they'll find a, a lot of reviews about the book. They'll find some short videos that were done about the book. I also have an event page that talks about all the podcasts that I've done and, and where I'm going to be, you know, book signings and that type of stuff. Those are on there. And so, you know, and then there's a place where they can submit testimonies if they've read the book and tell me how the book touched them. And, and st- so that's pretty much the, or the website. And where can a person who wants to purchase your book purchase it from? Well, they can go anywhere books are sold. It's it's worldwide. Yes. It's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, basically anywhere books are sold. And if I always say if they want a signed copy, go to my website and you know, I'll sign the copy and send it out to you. And if your listeners go to my website, if they use the Bible verse Titus three, three through seven, they'll get a discount on the book. It's Titus Titus three, three through seven. So that's the broken and redeemed verse in the Bible, in my opinion. I open my book with it. It's the first Bible scripture I quote in chapter one. So Yes, yes, yes. Wonderful. Well, thank you for offering that discount. And as we are coming to a close, John, the time has gone so fast. Are there any words that you'd like to leave to the listening audience? You know, just no matter what you're going through and, you know, how whatever your past is, don't wait. Because, you know, I, some people say they want to wait till they get cleaned up to come see Christ. And I said, that's right. but that's like saying I'm sick and I'm going to wait till I get healthy to go see a doctor. Um, and, you know, that's just craziness. And God came here to save the sinners. He came here to save the unjust. And so no matter how dark your past is or no matter what you've done, he'll redeem you if you let him. And one of my favorite quotes from A.J. Swoboda is, God created us without our permission, but he will not save us without our consent. We have to want to be saved. Yes. And so, you know, I love that quote. And that's on that's on the front page of my website because it just it's so true because we have to want to we have to want to be saved. So Yes, yes. I love that too. He created us without our permission. Right. Yeah, right. he certainly did. He did. He created us each to be so unique and yep. And yeah, and the part of it I like is that he create he will not save us without our consent because God gave us free will. Exactly. And so we have to say, hey, we want this. And when you do that, your life's going to change. It's going to be amazing. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much, John. It was wonderful having you as a guest. And again, your book is titled Broken and Redeemed, Fighting Freedom Through Complete Surrender. So have a wonderful rest of your day. And you too. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for joining me on my show, Be Convinced, as we share with you life-changing stories of hope. Please visit my Facebook page, Be Convinced VI, and like and follow me. I post weekly about upcoming radio shows and podcasts. Please also visit my website at sorayadlccofelt.com, where you will be able to read more about me and access my podcasts, which are all designed to give you a big dose of hope in just 30 minutes. Let's contemplate on what the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said. Use me, God. Show me how to take who I am, who I want to be, and what I can do, and use it for a greater purpose than myself. Mm -hmm.